How y'all doing? Everybody good? Well, we're excited about tonight, excited to be here with you. Uh, some of you may know, I think the news has leaked out a little bit, but the beautiful Rose of Texas, which, by the way, is with me. Babe, will you stand? This is the beautiful Rose of Texas. But recently, we moved back to Michigan. Everything was good until about Christmas time. And then I don't know which one of you decided that we needed to have a fresh introduction to the winters of Michigan, and you turned down the temperature, but all I'm saying is, would you please turn it back up? My, my, my. 10 degrees. Other day it got up to 30. I thought it was a heat wave, so I guess I'm acclimating, huh? Amen. It's an honor to be here. It's an honor to, to come and, and speak to you tonight, but you know, this week we had a, a strategic planning meeting for LINK, which is Linked International Network of Churches, which are about 65 churches that relate to us at Resurrection Life Church. And uh, my responsibility is to come and help give some oversight to that. So we were having a strategic planning meeting, and we began to review just the history of LINK and as we did, it was amazing just to see the foundation that has been laid in this house. Amen? And I know history goes beyond them, but I know that Pastor Dwayne and Jeannie, back in 1985, I think it was, came back off the mission field and began to plant themselves and sow into this house. And we have a great heritage and a great legacy as a result of their obedience to Christ. So I want us to give it up for Pastor Dwayne and Jeannie tonight. Will you do that? You know, when I was a kid, and I'm going to age myself here, but when I was a kid, I used to watch the cartoon Popeye. Popeye the Sailor Man. I know some of you younger people don't understand the context, but let me try to paint you a picture. Popeye the Sailor Man was a little short, scrawny guy, as you would imagine, wearing his sailor suit with his sailor hat, had his little corncob pipe that he would smoke all the time, or at least carry in his mouth. I don't think back in those days they would let you smoke on TV. But he would carry his corncob pipe around and... His nemesis was a big, burly, muscled, ugly person named Brutus. Brutus had bad breath. I mean, even his name would produce bad breath, am I right? So Brutus was always after Popeye's sweetheart named Olive Oil. And they would, they would inevitably get in a fight over olive oil, and Brutus would just be beating Popeye to a pulp. I mean, you wouldn't even think that Popeye was going to be able to get up off the floor, but somehow a spinach can would appear. <laughs> and he would take his pipe and blow into it, and the embers of his pipe would make a torch, 
and open the top of the spinach can, and then he would either squeeze it somehow, and the spinach would pop out, and it would fly up into the air, and pretty soon Papa would go, and he'd eat his spinach. See, we had vegans even back in those days. He would eat his spinach, and he would get supernatural strength, and he would throw Brutus around like he was just a rag doll. Popeye, the sailor man. I am what I am. Now today, we have a young kid who got bit by a spider. Call him Spider-Man, right? We got this rich man that developed this iron suit. We call him Iron Man. We got this woman who was given power by the Greek goddesses. We call her Wonder Woman. How many of you know we like our supernatural heroes? Am I right? Come on, help me out here. Do you like your supernatural heroes? Come on, Spider-Man. Who's my Spider-Man fans in here tonight? Three of you. How about Iron Man? All right, ladies, here's your chance. Wonder Woman! How many of you have ever been in a position that you wish you had supernatural powers? I mean, I think we've all been there at times when life just comes at us and we just wish we had some supernatural power. Or maybe, maybe you've faced uh, or been in the fight of your life and you just wish somehow that you had a knockout punch. Now, Rose, she doesn't need a knockout punch because anytime there is conflict in our family, all she has to do is give me the evil eye. And it's over. How many of you have, have, have endured long seasons of it? Just seemed like it's never ending struggle. And somehow you just wish there was a way that you could overcome it or at least stop it. It's in that context that I want to come tonight and I want to speak about being filled with the Holy Spirit. Because how many of you know Jesus did not leave his church powerless? Jesus spent 40 days after his resurrection, he spent about 40 days with his disciples, teaching them and, and instructing them. And then just before he left, he said, I want you to go to Jerusalem, and I want you to wait for the promise of the Holy Spirit. We pick that up. In Acts chapter 1, verses 4 and 5. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You have heard of me, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And then it goes on in verse 8 of Acts, and it talks about why Jesus wanted his disciples to wait on the promise. It says in verse 8, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the utter ends 
of the earth. When the Holy Spirit comes, when that promise comes that I'm commanding you to go and receive, when he comes, he's going to infuse you with power. The word power there is dunamis. It means inherent power. How many of you know when you have a stick of dynamite, dunamis kind of reminds you of the word dynamite. The, the, the power is not in the wrapping, is it? The power is not even in the fuse. The power is what's on the inside of that package. And Jesus said, I want to fill you, infuse you with dunamis, inherent power in your life so that you can be witnesses for me in all the earth. Now, I want to take just a a little side note right here for just a minute. Because some of us are a little bit confused about the Holy Spirit. We think the Holy Spirit, we kind of relate to him, you know, spirit as kind of like an it, or we're not quite sure how to to look at the Holy Spirit. But I want to tell you tonight, the Holy Spirit is the third person, third personality of the Godhead. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's a personality. The promise that Jesus was giving to his church was the personality or the person of the Holy Spirit. And and, and when you have a person come into your life, how many of you know in order to gain the full capacity of that person, you have to engage in a relationship with them? Am I right? And so what we're looking at tonight as we look through this topic of being filled with the Holy Spirit, we're talking about being filled with the presence or being filled with the relationship or the experience that we would have with the personality or the person of the Godhead called the Holy Spirit. Amen? And so Jesus tells his disciples, I want you to go. I want you to wait in Jerusalem. And the promise which John talked about, that you'll be baptized and out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. Notice that context again. Out of your belly, inherent power. So the relationship that we have with the Holy Spirit is a spirit-to-spirit relationship. And it's in that relationship that the Holy Spirit begins to infuse us with inherent power From the Godhead. I think that's better power than Wonder Woman's got. I think that's more power than the Iron Man could ever create. Amen? And we have that power resident within us when we are filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, I don't have a lot of time. We're not here tonight to teach a total series on the pneuma of the Spirit or the the context of the Holy Spirit. But let me just say this. Once you receive God as your personal Lord and Savior, then you qualify as a child of God to receive the promise of the Holy Spirit. We'll just let that sink for just a minute. Because what happens here as Jesus is talking to his disciples... Another sidebar here. 
is that some of us don't realize these disciples were raised in the Old Testament culture. And the stories and the historical context that they referenced the Holy Spirit was testimonies of the patriarchs or testimonies of the prophets of old. And the testimony of the relationship that they had with the Holy Spirit was that the Holy Spirit would come upon them in seasons of time and empower them for an act of service for a period of time or a season of time, and then the Holy Spirit would depart from them. As a matter of fact, in the Old Testament, 88 times the Holy Spirit is seen as coming and going. Lighting upon is the key term in the Old Testament. He would come upon the prophets, the patriarchs of old, and he would empower them. But what Jesus is talking to his disciples about and what you and I need to grasp tonight is that Jesus is not talking about the Holy Spirit coming on you in seasons. He's talking about the Holy Spirit coming in you and living in you and walking with you and empowering you on day-to-day life. So if I'm, if I'm here tonight to encourage you to be filled with the Holy Spirit, that right there ought to be enough. That the Holy Spirit will come into our life and inherent power of the Godhead comes with him to enable us to be overcomers in this life. Everything that we worshiped about tonight, about the overcoming, about Overcoming in Christ and all that he's provided for us, it gets enhanced in our life when the Holy Spirit comes and dwells on the inside of us and we're filled with the fullness of the Spirit. Amen? Now those that have been around me very often know that on August 15th, 1972, in a little town called Desert, Arkansas, at the Gospel Mission Church, Jesus Christ came and found a young man, 17 years old, and his name was Bobby Bogart. And he saved me that night. Up until that point in my life, I had no context of spiritual things. But I was born again, born from above. It was awesome. I've never been the same since. But then in October of that year, we were up at the rabbit house. Man, that ought to make some of you Michiganders want to go. <laughs> we were at the rabbit house up in the hills of Arkansas, the Ozark Mountains. Could God find anybody in the Ozark Mountains? We're at the rabbit house up in the Ozark Mountains. And after a service, I'm in the prayer room and I'm saying, Father, I ask you to fill me with the Holy Spirit. And you know what? God answers prayer. Amen. In the same way that you invite Jesus Christ into your life to be your personal Savior and receive him by faith. In that same manner, all you have to do is say, Father, I know there's a promise. 
the promise that they received on the day of Pentecost. And I know that that promise is still alive and still for me. And so I ask you in the name of Jesus, fill me with the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to tell you something. That night the Holy Spirit came into my life and he began to empower me like nobody's business. Because I had a desire to do what I'm doing tonight. From the moment I got saved, I wanted to be a pastor. From the moment I got saved, I wanted to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now think about it. August, I'm saved. October, I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. Are you with me? And so that night, we had a later service, and they asked me to give my testimony about being filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm three months old in Jesus And like many of us, I'm starting from Genesis, going to Revelation, and I'm about in Exodus at this point. And a drunk had come into the service, a man intoxicated. And I began to share my testimony, and I guess he thought I was fair game. So Brutus stands up in the back, and he says, you don't believe all that, do you? I'm going to tell you, you're just a hypocrite. You don't know what you're talking about, young man. And the Holy Spirit came on me. And he brought scriptures out of Leviticus, out of Exodus, out of Genesis. And by the time I was finished testifying, that man was on his knees getting saved in the back. Come on, somebody. And so I've been filled with the Holy Spirit for a long time. And I thought about this message and I said, God, what is it that I'm supposed to share in the context of receiving and being filled with the Holy Spirit? And I felt like the Father just put in my mind to just, after all these years, if I was sitting across the table with you at Starbucks, And you were to ask me, Bobby, why should I be filled with the Holy Spirit? That's the conversation I want to have with you tonight. Bobby, why should I be filled with the Holy Spirit? Now, I'm going to tell you right off the bat, I'm not going to tell you that you need to be filled with the Spirit so you can speak in tongues. I'm not going to tell you to be filled with the Spirit so that you can exercise the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. I'm not going to tell you to be filled with the Holy Spirit to walk in the fruits of the Spirit. Although all those things are accurate and good. Amen? What I want to tell you tonight is, I believe you need to be filled with the Spirit because the Spirit will give you the power to know. The power to know. And what am I I looking at? I'm looking at the power to know the Father. Galatians 4, 6 through 7 in the Message Bible, it says this. You can tell for sure that you are fully adopted as his own children because God sent the spirit of his son into our lives crying out, Papa, Father. Doesn't that privilege of intimate conversation with God make it plain that you are not a slave but a child? 
And if you are a child, you are also an heir with complete access to your inheritance. See, I believe that the Brutus of many of our lives tonight is a Brutus that tries to put on us an orphaned heart or an orphaned spirit. And one of the greatest things that the Holy Spirit has ever done in my life as he's filled me with his power is give me the power to know my father. Not to know about him intellectually, not to be able to assimilate the facts of the Bible, but to know him experientially and relationally. Because, see, the orphaned heart is a heart that is compelled to compete to earn acceptance. And many of us struggle under that. Because our normal motif as an orphan heart or an orphan spirit is to assume rejection is coming our way. An orphan heart or an orphan spirit is one that is compelled to compare, to validate my identity. It's filled with insecurity because when I walk into a room and I start measuring myself up, I'm not sure how I'm going to stack up in the context of everybody in the room. An orphan heart or an orphan spirit is one that is, that is susceptible to compromise, to become something other than what I'm called to be, to be what we would call a poser. Someone that puts on an identity so that no one will see the scars and the hurts and the anguish of my heart. An orphan spirit is what Brutus is trying to slam down our face, slam down our lives. It comes in many ways. For me, it came with the fact that my parents divorced when I was six years old. When I was 12 years old, my parents tried to get together. Didn't work. I went and lived with my dad for a little bit. But mom won out. I moved back to mom in Hereford, Texas. And when I made that move, my dad said, if you leave, you're no longer my son. For five years, I never saw my dad. I got saved at 17. One of the first things I wanted to do was call and apologize to my grandmother who had raised me for the past seven years. And then the second thing I wanted to do was to call my dad and tell him, hey, dad, I got saved. My dad was a good old Southern Baptist, nothing against Southern Baptists, but he was just one of those frozen chosen. You know what I'm talking about? He had a religion, but he didn't have a relationship. And I said, Dad, I got saved. I gave my life to Jesus. My dad's first words were, well, the Bible says don't cast your pearl before the swine. When I was 15, my dad wrote and paid in full in my last child support check. I've got a history of things. When I got married, we got married 75 miles from my dad's house. And I said, Dad, would you come to my wedding? Never showed up. An orphan's heart can come in so many ways. I'm just here to tell you tonight, be filled with the Holy Spirit so that the Holy Spirit can show you the value and the, and the nature of an intimate relationship with Abba Father because we've received His Spirit by the Holy Spirit whereby we can say, Daddy, I love you. Father, you're my, you're my hero. Abba Father. An intimate relationship with God. That's why I would tell you tonight to be filled with the Holy Spirit. 
Number two, I would tell you to be filled with the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit will give you the power to be. How many of you know we got a Brutus that comes our way and says you need to do? How many of you know we're caught up with the what, the how, and the why of our lives? What do I got to do to get out of this situation? How will God ever forgive me? Why has this happened to me? What can I do to make things different in my life? I want to tell you something that the Holy Spirit has done for me. He's given me the power to understand my identity in Christ Jesus. How many of you know on August 15th, I got up from that place of prayer and I wasn't the same Bobby Bogard that I was when I knelt down to pray? Amen? And the same thing in your life. But listen to me, there's a journey that we walk. Amen? And there's history that we have to walk out. We have to be renewed by the spirit of our mind. And what I'm talking about to you tonight is that the Holy Spirit wants to give you the power to have the nature of Christ formed on the inside of you so that our doing is no longer out of a pursuit to find a place of refuge or to find a pursuit of a place where I can be right with God. But my, my doing comes out of the nature of who I am. I am in Christ. Amen? Man, I hope you guys are getting this. I'm giving to you the best way I can. But here's what I'd say. 1 Peter 1.23 says, I am born of God, of the incorruptible seed of the word of God, which lives and abide forever. I am God's child. Colossians 1.13 and Deuteronomy 28 says, I'm delivered from the authority of darkness and translated into the kingdom of God's Son. I am blessed. I'm the head, not the tail. I'm above only and not beneath. Ephesians 6, Romans 8.37, Romans 5.17, Romans 8.1 says, I'm strong in the Lord. I'm a joint heir with Christ. I'm free from condemnation. I'm more than a conqueror. Amen? 2 Corinthians 5.21, 1 Peter 2.24, 2 Peter 1.4 says, I'm a partaker of his divine nature. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. Can you hear who you are tonight? 2 Timothy 1.9, 1 Thessalonians 1.4, 1 Ephesians 1.4, 1, 1 Peter 2.9, 2 Corinthians 5.20, Ephesians 2.10 says, I'm an ambassador for Christ. I'm God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. I'm chosen and I'm called. I have my identity in Christ. 1 Peter 2.24, Isaiah 53, 6, 2 Corinthians 3.8, Philippians 1.6, Ephesians 2.6, Colossians 3.12, Romans 1.7. Says, I'm being changed, I'm being changed into his image. I'm raised up with Christ, seated in heavenly places. I am beloved, and I am healed by the stripes of Jesus. You know what? Philipp You're not convinced yet. Philippians chapter 2, verse 5, 1 Corinthians 2, 16, John 1, 5, Ephesians 1, 11, Philippians 4, 7 says this, I have the mind of Christ. I have obtained an inheritance. I have the peace of God which surpasses all understanding. I have overcome the world. Amen? Let me give you one more. First, 1 John 4, 4, Ephesians 1, 3, Ephesians 3, 20. 
I have every spiritual blessing in Christ. I have an overabundance of all I can ask or think. I have the greater one in me because greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Amen? And so tonight... I would encourage you, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Why? Because the Holy Spirit will work on the inside of you to identify who you are in Christ. I would tell you that because if you will be filled by the Holy Spirit, you will begin to find out who is the real you. And the real you is not the one that's struggling with sin, unrighteousness. The real you is the one who is in Christ. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. Amen? Thirdly, and lastly, I'd tell you to be filled with the Holy Spirit because he does give you the power to do. I mean, if you know, there's some doing in life, right? We're going to do some things. But the Holy Spirit will announce, uh, he will anoint your doing. And your doing will be out of who you are in Christ. And your doing will be out of the nature of your relationship with Papa. It will no longer be done out of your need to have a sense of righteousness through works. How's that working for you anyway? Amen? How many of you have ever worked yourself into a position where you feel right with God? No, it's always been done for us by what Jesus Christ did on the cross through his death, burial, and resurrection. And through his resurrection, we have newness of life, and we don't have to be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Why? Because we are free in Christ. Because we know the truth. The Holy Spirit has revealed the truth. And as he's revealed the truth, and we come into an experiential knowledge with the truth, the truth sets us free. And we walk as free men and free women. We hold our head up. And we're not afraid to come into the presence of God because we know him as Abba Father. Amen? We're not afraid to fight the religious sect of our day because we are in Christ Jesus, our Lord. But he does anoint our doing. He does anoint our doing. How many of you know he anointed my doing the night that I put that drunk in his place? Amen? See, we live out of a relationship formed within us. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, he said, We'll receive power when the power of the Holy Spirit's come upon us. Mark 16, 17, and 18 says, We'll have the power to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. Luke 10, 17, and 19 says, We'll have the power to cast out devils. We'll have power over all the power of the enemy. 1 Peter 1, 4 says, I'm a partaker of his divine nature, and I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And so I would say tonight, be filled with the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit will help you fulfill your purpose in life. You're working a night, you're, you're working an eight to five job in whatever field or occupation you're in, you have an assignment by Father to be in that place. He's gifted you. He's anointed you. He's saved you. He's redeemed you. He's qualified you. Amen? And you you can go into that place with boldness. That's what he said. After the Holy Spirit's come upon you, you'll have the boldness to be witnesses. 
You'll walk into that place because you'll know that whatever you put your hands to, the Father will bless it and anoint it, and he'll bless the work of your hands and cause it to prosper. Amen? The anointing of the Holy Spirit will remind you of all things. He'll bring all things to your remembrance. The Holy Spirit is a personality that works alongside of us so that we can know the Father, we can be who we are in Christ, and we can accomplish the purpose for which God has called us to walk in. Amen? Now, I poured it out, and I know I was rapid fire, and I probably don't preach this way all the time, but let me tell you something. I have a fervency tonight that you would be filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. I want you to stand with me. The worship team's going to come. I want to close with this passage. Ephesians 5, verses 15 through 18. Sealing our exhortation to you tonight. It says, see then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. How many of you know we're living in this time period? How many of you know we're living in this time period? Therefore, do not be unwise, he says, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, thank you, but be filled with the Spirit. The word filled with the Spirit there is a, is, is a verb tense that means to be filled and to be continually filled. I was 50 years old. It was February of 2006. I was sitting under a tree out in the woods in North Texas. You can sit out under a tree in North Texas in February. (laughs) And as I sat under that tree, the Holy Spirit came. Now, our lives sometimes is like an onion. And layers get peeled back off, right? New discoveries, new revelations. That's why you want to be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. It's not just... One-stop shop here. This is a lifestyle that we live with the person of the Holy Spirit who comes and interacts with us in our daily lives. I sat that there that day under the tree, and the Holy Spirit came, and He visited me. And He took something as simple as what was around me and made a dynamic impact on my life. What across from me was a tree that had these vines all throughout it. I mean, I could imagine that in the springtime, you probably couldn't even see the tree for the vines. They were all entangled throughout the tree. He said, Bobby, that's been your life. That's been your life. All the entanglements, trying to please man, all the entanglements of failures, setbacks, because we all have them. 
But he said, this is what I'm doing for you this day. Look at your tree. The one I led you to sit under. I turned around and I looked at my tree and there was just one vine. It's like the Lord said, today I'm cutting off the past and I'm bringing in the new. I share that story because my encouragement to us is be filled with the Spirit. So I want to take a moment, every head bowed and every eye closed for just a second. As I said earlier, the only prerequisite to receiving the promise of the Father is that you have a relationship with the Father. We call that being born again. Maybe you're here tonight and you look inside of your life and you realize that you're not right with God, that you don't have a relationship with God, but you want to change that tonight. You want to say, Pastor Bob, as you close this service, I want to ask you to pray for me because I want to be born again. I want to, I want to come into the family of God. If that's you tonight, would you just lift your hand, raise it high so I can see it right over here. Thank you. Anybody else? Just lift your hand high. Not going to embarrass you. Not going to ask you to ask back there. Thank you. Not going to ask you to come forward tonight. I'm, I'm just going to pray with you. You see, God knows your heart, and he knows the heart cry of your heart. You know you're not right with God. Maybe you're here tonight. You've been hurt by the church. You've been hurt by things in your past, and you've kind of walked away from that relationship with God, but you want to renew that tonight. Let me see your hand. just want to pray for you tonight. All right, church, all together. Yes, there, there. All together, let's pray this together. Say, Father, tonight I give my life to you. I receive the gift of salvation that was paid for by your son, Jesus. I believe that he died. I believe that he was buried. And I believe that he rose again. So that through that redemptive price, I could be your child. I receive you tonight, today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, if you lifted your hand, I want to say that after service, there'll be some people up here in the front. Love to pray with you. Love to walk that out with you. But lastly, before we go tonight, I want to ask you, do you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Maybe you've leaked a little bit. Come on, how, how many know sometimes we get in the dry place and we leak a little bit, right? And we need to be filled. Maybe you're here tonight, you've never received the fullness of the Spirit. You've never received the promise. But you say, tonight, Bobby, I'm going to receive the Holy Spirit into my life. Whether it's your first time or whether it's you just renewing, refilling, regassing up. Let me see your hand. Anybody in here tonight? Want to fill with the Holy Spirit. Thank you. Anybody else? Let's all tonight receive that infilling. Amen? Because even if I'm full, I need more. So I want to ask you to pray this with me. Say, Father, tonight I receive the promise of the Spirit. I thank you that I am filled with the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I invite you to lead my life, to show me the Father, to reveal who I am in Christ, 
and to anoint my goings, that I would be blessed going out and I'd be blessed coming back in. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen. Come on, give the Lord a good clap offering.